I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. It's your host, Bailey Evan. And if you're new here, welcome. And here we discuss the cut articles with my own dose of pop culture input that wasn't requested, but I'm giving to you. And I just have to say that today we're keeping it definitely cute and fluffy. I know I said that last time. We still had a little bit of a dark article thrown in there, but today... Mercury is still in retrograde, and I was going to talk about Jen Gunter. Okay, she's the one who like got all over goop about those Yanni eggs, aka those eggs you put up your vagine. And you know what? I was just like, Mercury's still in retrograde, and I cannot talk about vaginal steaming or putting garlic up the vagine today. Like, It's just not happening. It's not the vibe. It's not the mood. So let's move on to something a little, little bit lighter, shall we? Let's go on to uh, another article by our girl Erica Smith, who we love because she talks about how celebrities smell. And today it's famous people all say Rihanna smells really, really good. I imagine this, right? Don't we all imagine that Rihanna smells good? And before we get into this, I have a couple thoughts. Does fame itself just smell good? I mean, have you ever heard of someone of Rihanna's fame not smelling good? Because I feel like if that was the case, we would hear about it. Is it just intoxicating to be around that level of fame? Because that's kind of what I'm thinking. And to just interject a little story of my own here, I got to go to the VMAs a few years ago, and when we were in the line to go into the venue, this guy pulled us aside and he's like, are you guys fans of Rihanna? And of course, the little hoes that we were just wanted to be close to One Direction and didn't at the time understand that it was probably way cooler to be by Rihanna. But so yeah, we're like, yeah, we love Rihanna, but you know, we love One Direction more. And I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic here, but moral of the story, we got chosen to go on this little pathway that Rihanna was going to go down as she did uh, her Diamonds in the Sky song with Calvin Harris and she was going to waltz past us, dance with us, in the crowd, dance with us. If you go back and look at footage from the 2012 VMAs of Rihanna's performance, you will see what I mean. But we got pushed out of the way by some fame-hungry little whore. And by whore, I mean just some dude who was trying to tell, sell his own t-shirts. Who knows? I wonder if he's still selling those t-shirts. If he is, bro, hit us up. I would love to know what the t-shirts look like. Anyways, uh, we were supposed to be close enough to Rihanna to smell her, but that plan was thwarted when we were pushed away by the t-shirt whore. So I would like to say that I could have given my own reporting for this article, but unfortunately I cannot. Anyways, let's go back to a quote from the article, which states, so what does Rihanna smell like? A few things. And now I'm about to quote to you what people have said. So little Nas X says, heaven. Nikki DeJagger says, heaven on earth. Cardi B says, good. Nick Jonas says, amazing. Jennifer Lawrence says, really good. Nigella Lawson says, lovely and a wonderful scent. Jim Parsons says, so good and like heaven. Are you guys noticing a theme here? A lot of heaven. Hmm. Andre Leontali says, so good. Matt Cardle says, amazing up close and from afar. And Baja Rodriguez says, amazing. I'd also like to point out that I don't know who half those people are, and I like to think I know all of the perimeter celebs of the world, so maybe I needed to do some studying up. There's another quote. However, back in 2016, Stylecaster tracked down an Instagram in which, much to Rihanna's dismay, this guy spills that she wears Killian Love, Don't Be Shy, which smells like sugary marshmallow, vanilla, and neroli. Editor's note, that sounds delicious. And 
editors know it, I mean me. On a similarly sweet note, in the T-style profile of the mogul earlier this year, Jeremy O'Hara said she smelled like cinnamon bubblegum in the sea, her scent dominating the overpowering chocolate around us. I love a gourmand scent. Make me smell like a frosted up little piece of angel cake, please. Uh, so much to my dismay when I looked up the cost of Killian Love, don't be shy. It cost a whopping $295 at Sephora. Um, so that's a no from me, dog. But it does come in a very sexy container, and uh, I will be going to Sephora this weekend to get a sample for free, and I will report back on what it smells like. Interestingly, on Sephora, it only has 14 reviews, and that's probably because it's $300, but every single one of those reviews is a five-star rating. And that's a rare thing in the beauty world, that you get a unanimous five-star rating. And one of the reviews says, I deliberately got two samples of this because I had heard that it's Rihanna's favorite perfume. Now I know why. Wow, it smells fabulous. It lasted on me for hours. It's expensive, but I'm definitely buying this. A plus. So this girl knows what was up, also got samples. She got two. Okay, girl, get it. Um, and I'm following in her footsteps. And like I said, I will most definitely be reporting back. Oh, I just stopped, talked non-stop for those last couple of minutes. Rihanna just gets me going. On to our next article. The best part of Euphoria is Maddie's Match Sets by Sarah Spellings. Now, I know we discussed Euphoria on episode three, and don't worry, this isn't going to become a Euphoria podcast. Or is it? Maybe. Um, but this article was very, very important. And I would, again, like to read you some excerpts. When we first see Maddie Perez on Euphoria, she's dancing in a custom sports bra and leggings fangled with rainbow Louis Vuitton logos. Duly noted, this is our HBIC. And for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, the acronym HBIC, it means head bitch in charge, which clearly Maddie Perez on Euphoria is. And I died over this Louis Vuitton logo set. Again, as we discussed in the first episode, uh, I love that the multicolored Louis Vuitton monogram is making a comeback. And if I had to wager, I would say that this set wasn't uh, licensed by Louis Vuitton. Actually, now that I think about it, it was probably a really great product placement on their part, and it might have been. I'm going to look into that afterwards. I was thinking it was just some like off-brand, like those ones that Billie Eilish wears that have popular logos on them, but definitely aren't made by, you know... Louis Vuitton themselves. Another quote from the article, it says, haven't you heard the early trashy 2000s are coming back? Maddie leans into the sexier, more logo stamped aesthetic of that era, more in line with Paris Hilton, the Cheetah Girls, and anyone who wore a juicy sweatsuit. That decade was a hedonistic, balconelian time for fashion. And oh, girl, Sarah Spellings, I could not agree more. What a time the early aughts were. And I am so glad they are coming back. I can't tell you how many Instagram people I follow that lean into the trashy early 2000s aesthetic. I highly recommend Trace She. Uh, it's the snail company. They release nail designs all of the time. I haven't purchased one yet, but I love the way their Instagram looks. And they have things like powder puff nails, uh, nails with little hearts stamped in them and uh little charms hanging off them like the trashiest thing you could imagine and then dialed up a notch and that's exactly how I like my nails as we speak they're kind of long and uh neon hot pink that looks like something one of the moms hitting on Billy's character at the pool and stranger things would wear 
And that is the summer 2019 aesthetic. I just, again, I love that people are like recreating Paris Hilton's 21st birthday outfit, the spangled little silver number. Cheetah Girls, I mean, iconic, juicy. Do you know my dog still has a juicy little sweater and I dressed him up in it and put it on his Instagram and Juicy reposted it in their Instagram story and oh my God. If there's one thing that 13-year-old me would be proud of, it would be that moment when my dog in his Juicy tracksuit got reposted by the official Juicy Instagram account. <sighs> Love that for us. Love that for Maddie. I think all of the fashion in the show is great, and I think I kind of touched on that in the last episode, but Maddie kills it because who doesn't love a matching set? And I loved that this cut article brought up how this kind of harkens back to our other HBICs, like Cher Horowitz, uh, The Heathers, and... I love, oh, Regina George, and I just love the power of a cohort. I can't, my most searched item on ASOS is probably cohort, and I don't own as many as I would like, but my share costume will be pried out of my dead cold hands, and I will probably be wearing it when I'm 85, just to warn everyone in case you want to uh, blind yourself. <clears throat> okay, next article. Well, it looks like Pretty Little Thing made a replica wine stain jumpsuit by Marie Lodi. Now, if you will recall, in one of our previous episodes, we discussed the girl who spilled a little bit of wine on her white jumpsuit while she was at a music festival, and then her friends came to the rescue with four glasses of wine and re-dyed her whole jumpsuit. And in that episode, I said I could not wait for Pretty Little Things to come out with a replica of this and that I would buy it. Well, lo and behold, they have come out with the replica, and I'm taking back my words about buying it because I just don't think it would look cute and flatter my body. I almost want to buy it just to support, but until I know this girl is actually getting a cut of that jumpsuit money, I just don't know if I'm at that point yet where I can dash out, dole out the $40 for it. So here are some quotes. After Walton's friend Mia Williamson joked on Twitter how the wine-stained jumpsuit would make a good addition to Pretty Little Things Festival line, the clothing brand released a replica jumpsuit that pays homage to Walton's outfit. Fast fashion is fast. The $45 jumpsuit, which is now available on the Pretty Little Thing website, is made from a burgundy tie-dye scuba fabric and features a high-neck design and matching belt. As far as to whether the women will receive any monetary compensation for their design, Walton is unsure, but would be happy if Pretty Little Thing ends up giving them vouchers for free merchandise. That's what I spend all my money on anyway, she says. Get it, girl. Uh, okay, girl. No, you need to leverage the shit out of this. Get tons of free vouchers and make them give a cut of every time someone buys that jumpsuit. I feel like you are at least entitled to like a 3% of every sale because without you, they wouldn't have designed this jumpsuit. It wouldn't be a joke. It wouldn't be this year's most popular Halloween costume, which I'm predicting now for, you know, niche culture lovers like myself. Honestly, if again, I thought this jumpsuit would look good on me, it would probably be my number one uh, Halloween costume of choice. So girl, Walton, get your money. Make that money. I want to write to Pretty Little Things on your behalf. I will even sign it Esquire just so you can get that money, girl. 
actually I won't sign it Esquire. I won't do that at all. Cause I'm always kind of scared about using my law degree for nefarious purposes, but I think that is actually a great cause. And I would love to support you in getting more of a cut because your creativity is unrivaled and it's a genius marketing plan. And again, I just want you to have more in your pocket than those vouchers because you deserve it. Okay, since I said we were keeping things fun and fresh today, I'm not even going to go into the monstrosity that was Jake Ball and Tana Mojo's wedding. Um, mm, I honestly, it kind of hurts my head to talk about it. It's maybe worse than the Yanni eggs and the vaginal steaming, which I thought we had left in 2018, but apparently it's something that we're still talking about halfway through 2019. Um, and as I'm a Tana Mojo fan, I love her show that's on MTV's YouTube, it's obnoxious as hell. I love her YouTube. Uh, I love her story times. When I was at a movie premiere with my best friend, I saw a man who I thought was her sugar daddy. Look him up, Jeff Jample. Uh, she does a whole video about him. And again, I guess I have to say allegedly because I don't know. I think that there was some sloppy backlash from her talking about her sugar daddy. Um, I realize now that I'm saying all this Everything I'm talking about right now might literally sound like another language to you. And while I'm not getting into the exacts of this wedding, uh, Jake Paul and Tana Mojo are two problematic YouTubers, and they've gotten into this relationship in the past two months. I would say it began after Tana's boyfriend cheated on her at Coachella. Mm, sad. And yeah, it's kind of just gone downhill since then. They... I do think they get along really well. I can see a lot of chemistry in their videos, but they are the type of personalities that are eventually going to implode, explode, be dynamite. I'm scared for them. So it's just so crazy because the whole world is kind of guessing, like, is this relationship real? Is it fake? Bella Thorne is tangentially involved because she used to date Tana Y'all, if you want to get into a messy, messy storyline, just go down the black hole that is Tana Mojo and her past relationships and her uh, her controversies. Maybe start out with Shane Dawson's uh, TanaCon documentary series on YouTube. It's very well done. It's juicy. It is uh, a can't-look-away kind of situation. And... Then maybe if you guys give me some feedback that we want to hear more about Tana, we can go more into her wedding that had an Oprah impersonator and that people could pay $50 for to watch via live stream. But until then, I just don't think I'm ready to get into it. Let's just say that they left in separate cars at the end of the wedding, if that's any indication of where that's going. <clears throat> I'm sorry, whenever I get impassioned about something, it's like I don't breathe. I just say everything with one breath, and then I get to the end of my sentence, and I'm like... Ooh, I feel like I suck some helium. <clears throat> so we're going to try to take this article a little slower, just like the crooner it's about. And this article is called, I Think About This A Lot, John Mayer's Cruise Ship Music Festival by Tyler R. Lewis. And just in case you're going and being a stereotype and gendered, Tyler is a woman. It's okay to have an androgynous name. I, too, have an androgynous name. So, yes, Tyler is a woman. So keep that in mind as we're discussing this. 
And I think about this a lot is a kind of recurring series that The Cut has. And it's those things that, you know, happened in the past and they're so obscure. And most people who you talk to it about, like, aren't even going to know what the hell you're talking about. But it kind of crops up in your mind every once in a while. And I'm sure everyone listening has that sort of thing in their life, whatever it may be. Um, I, I don't, I have a lot that I'm not sure I can really narrow it down right now. But these articles, again, speak to me. This is why we have a whole podcast about the cut because I love niche content. Clearly that's going to be on our merch shirts for this podcast one day. Kind of cute niche content. Um, Okay, here's a quote from the article. Every time John reappears in the zeitgeist, my mind goes straight to a fascinating and severely underexamined chapter of his career, the Mayorcraft Carrier. The Mayorcraft Carrier, per the production company's website, was the ultimate fan experience, wherein John Mayer and a group of handpicked artists hosted a musical cruise on the luxury cruise ship Carnival Victory. The ship sailed from Miami to the Bahamas and back between February 1st and February 4th, 2008. In my cursory Google search, no one made note of the huge missed opportunity to call this the mayor flower, but that's neither here nor there. Whew, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I agree with her. It totally should have been called the mayor flower. In 2008, I was in college, and I feel like if I was aware of this, I would have wanted to go on this cruise. In fact, the only cruise I did go on was a carnival ship. Calling it a luxury cruise ship, I mean, maybe the victory is luxury, or maybe this is tongue-in-cheek, but I know the carnival ship I went on was a piece of shit. You know that picture of John Mayer in a terrifying neon green a la Borat? Uh, That was from this cruise. So this cruise is kind of an iconic place in pop culture history because of that picture. If you haven't seen that picture, Google it right now. Uh, again, you, it's it's something to behold. <laughs> oh, if you guys after this go look up Tana Mojo and John Mayer and that green Speedo, whew, it's going to be a good day, honey. One of my friends, uh, actually not one of my friends, actually I'll, I'll say one of my friends just so I don't expose her. She is a huge John Mayer fan. I mean, aren't we all? But when she was in high school, I think she went to like eight of his concerts or something like that. And somehow each time managed to get front row tickets because she learned how to con the ticket fairy, which was this lady who would go around and find really like enthusiastic groups of girls and upgrade them to front row tickets. Like she was so conniving that she would buy tickets like in a good spot, but then go to the very back of the venue so that the people who were scouting the ticket fairies would feel bad for her and move her up to the front. And that is why she's one of my best friends. Cause that's exactly how I like to live my life. Um, And then fast forward a couple years when we were in, no, graduated from college, we went to a VMAs pre-show and whoa, actually same VMAs that we got to, or almost got to dance with Rihanna the night before we went to a pre-show and it was with that weird Gangnam style guy who, what the hell happened to him? We took a shot with Scooter Braun, which I think at the time no one knew who he was, but now I feel like. Everyone knows Scooter Braun. Uh, He was definitely a dick. I'm sure he was a dick in this whole Taylor Swift thing. So team Taylor on that one. And (laughs) to bring it back to this article, John Mayer made a surprise appearance. We literally hip checked, elbowed in the face, yelled, screamed. 
I mean, probably could have gone to jail for how fast and ferociously we tried to get our way to the front when John Mayer came on. Like the squeals coming out of our mouth. That night was great. We were there for the opening of uh, Doritos Locos Tacos. That shows you how long ago this was because I feel like they've been around forever. And we have shirts with our faces on them, which is a treat. And I have it to this day and sleep in it all the time. Back to the John Mayer cruise ship. So I thought why this article was so interesting. I mean, the whole thing was well-written, but I scrolled down to the bottom and there was one comment that really piqued my interest. And it said, let me know if you want an article from someone who actually went on the cruise. Several details of this article are incorrect and could have been easily researched or crowdsourced. And this was commented by someone named Jessica M. Varone. So being the investigative journalist that I am, I tried to reach out to Jessica on Instagram. Now, I have no idea if this was the same Jessica Verone, but I just searched Jessica Verone on Instagram and found one. And don't worry, before I did this, I tried to just respond to her comment with my email address, but I guess the cut doesn't like you soliciting people via the comments, so my comment got blocked and I couldn't ask her that way, but did hit her up in the DMs. And I am really hoping she gets back to me. As of now, I sent it a few hours ago, and as of now, there's been uh, zero response. Um, But this is exactly what I wrote. Hi, Jessica. I saw your comment in the Cuts article about John Mayer's cruise back in 2008. Would you be able to provide a little written blurb about your experience that I could talk about on my podcast, Kinda Cute? Feel free to email me at kindacutepodcast at gmail.com if that's easier. I would just love to hear your opinion on it and if you got to interact with John. Guys, this is going to make a great podcast. Next time, if she gets back to me, Uh, If any of you guys listening, all, you know, like five of you, uh, happened to go on the John Mayer cruise, but I'm guessing if my friend, the ultimate John Mayer fanatic, didn't go on the cruise that you guys probably didn't, but you never know. The universe is wild and wacky. Your homework for tonight, Google the green speedo, let me know if you're on the cruise, and go down the Tana black hole by starting with TanaCon. (sighs) After this, I need like an oxygen shot because I've been talking so fast. But before we finish this out, I would like to talk about my legit shit of the week. And to keep it celebrity focused, today we're talking about the KKW Shimmer in Pearl. Now, I wrote about this on my blog and the legit shit that comes out, that came out yesterday. And your girl has not met a body shimmer she doesn't like. So take this with a grain of salt. But as a body shimmer fanatic and pro, I really think this one is good for a couple reasons. It's not sticky like a lot of other ones I have. It doesn't seem to rub off as bad. The pearl color is lighter, so it's not going to be like a brown doo-doo stain on your white clothes when it inevitably does sweat off in the Florida heat and get on your cute white dress. The smell is super pleasant, kind of tropical, kind of coconutty. It feels very moisturizing on the legs. Uh, it did cost $8 to have it shipped to me on top of the $35 cost and, you know, taxes and fees, but I don't regret it. It's beautiful. I highly recommend, and that's your legit ship for today. I would love it if you subscribed to the podcast, gave it a five-star review, uh, and then feel free to follow me on Instagram at Bailey Evan and my blog at baileyevan.com, and that is B-A-I-L-E-Y-E-V-I-N. If you'd like any articles to be covered by me in the future or you have a pop culture 
little thing you would like to discuss, the more niche, the better, let me know. Reach out to me. You can email me at kindacutepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I will see you. Bye.